Hello, 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 and welcome to Zippity Doo Disney, the podcast where we help you make the most of your Disney vacation using tips from experienced people just like you. So sit tight and let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 11 of Zippity Doo Disney. I'm your host, Eric Frenchman, and this episode is titled Gallivanting Around Galaxy's Edge. Yes, we're going to talk about our recent visit to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, also affectionately known as Star Wars Land. And we're just not going to limit it to Galaxy's Edge, but we'll also talk about all the other Star Wars attractions that are available in Disney's Hollywood Studios. So here's how this episode will go. First, we'll talk about planning your visit to Galaxy's Edge. Then we're going to do a deep dive into Galaxy's Edge, and then we're going to finish up with a look at all the other Star Wars attractions that are available to you in the rest of Hollywood Studios. So, sit back, enjoy the show, thanks for listening, and let's go on this ride. Breaking, breaking, breaking. I hate to interrupt this podcast, but Rise and Resistance opened on December 5th. This podcast was mostly recorded and written for that opening, so keep that in mind. While listening, I do give you some tips in the middle of this podcast on hand, how to handle Rise of Resistance. Basically, you got to get to the park about 45 minutes to an hour before it opens. And once you get into the park and they scan your bracelet, get on, get, get into the virtual queue on your iPhone app and then go about the rest of the day. You'll be at Hollywood, Studio, Hollywood Studios early to try and bang out some of the tier one fast passes. And just to clarify, that means go on the Tier 1 Fast Pass rides like Rock and Roll Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Toy Story Mania, etc. Okay, let's first talk about planning your visit to Galaxy's Edge and by default, Hollywood Studios. Because obviously they go hand in hand, right? You knew that Galaxy's Edge was in Hollywood Studios. As of this recording, there are no Disney Fast Pass Plus reservations for Galaxy's Edge rides, The Rise of the Resistance, or Smuggler's Run. There are a few attractions you can make reservations for, but they are not for those rides. There's some good news, good news, however, when it comes to visiting Galaxy's Edge if you're staying at a Disney resort. Disney's Hollywood Studios will be open three hours before the standard park opening. So... If Hollywood Studios is open at 9 a.m., that means if you're a hotel guest, you can enter the park three hours before everyone else. Woohoo! That's 6 a.m. by my math. On our recent visit in September, we didn't take advantage of those hours because we didn't need to based on the wait times. But you're going to need them when visiting during the most crowded days in Disney World. So keep that in mind when you're planning your visit to Hollywood Studios. One other thing that's been different since they opened Rise of Resistance is that they've been changing the park hour openings and they've also been changing or eliminating the extra magic hours. So make sure when you get there and you're planning out your day, you check the park opening hours and you also check whether there is an extra magic hour at Hollywood Studios because it looks like through most of the summer they've eliminated them. Another important planning item is eating. Well, at least that's important when I'm planning my trip to Disney World. There are only a couple of food options in Galaxy's Edge. One is Olga's Cantina, but that's really for drinking. 
Then there's a quick service called Docking 7 and Ranta Roasters. I'll talk about them more later. But to be blunt, you really shouldn't count on anything more than snacks from either of those options. Therefore, you're most likely eating somewhere else in Hollywood Studios. My suggestion for eating and planning your visit is to either grab breakfast somewhere else or grab something on the way into Galaxy's Edge. One of our go-to spots at Hollywood Studios is Starbucks, which is on the right side of Hollywood Boulevard, which is that main path you walk down once you enter the park. It's got all of your favorite Starbucks foods and coffees, plus some Disney specials. You can always use your quick service meal plan there. You remember what that is. That's if you're going to do a Disney dining, it counts as a quick service or a snack, but I would recommend upgrading it to a quick service. There's also good coffee at Joffrey's, which you can find by the Tower of Terror or more conveniently located on the way into Galaxy's Edge over in, Star and over in Toy Story Land. After that, you can either get your snacks in Galaxy's Edge and lunch afterwards. For lunch at Hollywood Studios, there are plenty of decent quick service meal spots, but our go-to quick service is ABC Commissary or the Sunset Ranch Market. For sit-downs, the best place is either the Sci-Fi Diner or the more upscale Brown Derby. ABC Commissary is near the Chinese Theater, and Sunset Ranch is on the way down to Tower Terror slash Rock and Roll Roller Coaster. Do you like how I put that slash in there? Quickly, Sci-Fi Diner is a family favorite, great for kids. It mimics eating at a drive-in theater with you sitting in a car while they play while Disney plays clips from old sci-fi movies. The food is great for lunch. For more upscale lunch or dinner, go to the Brown Derby. It's another family favorite. You almost always have to get the Chop Cobb salad. That's a must. They have fun drinks. There's like a margarita sampler, which is always a blast. Um, the steak is really good. And of course, then they like to feature their grapefruit. Uh, I think it's like a pound cake. Um, and that's actually pretty decent. I think it's a I think it's got icing on it, too. It's actually a pretty decent piece of uh, cake for dessert. And believe it or not, we always get the rolls there. They're quite tasty. So make sure you enjoy the Brown Derby. Okay, so that was a quick summary of the food options at Galaxy's Edge. And if you're like me, you're not counting on a main meal there. But you are counting on the rides. So we need to discuss how to plan your Fast Pass ride reservations at Hollywood Studios. Here's a quick recap of FastPass Plus reservations, and just in case you're not quite familiar with them. If you want a more detailed discussion of getting reservations at Hollywood Studios, go back and listen to Episode 7, where I do a much deeper dive into planning a trip into Hollywood Studios. But for now, here's how I recommend your trip. First, I plan on getting to Hollywood Studios as early as you can. You need to beat that normal 9 a.m. park opening if you're staying at a Disney hotel. I don't know if you need to get there at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., whatever works for your family, but I highly suggest beating the 9 a.m. regular park opening. Then I'd head straight to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I'd either go on the brand new ride, the Rise of the Resistance, or Smugglers, Smugglers Run, depending on their wait times. A good rule of thumb back in the day, which was pre-FastPass Plus reservation days, was that if the line was 45 minutes or less, you always wait on that line because it takes you more time to go back 
and backtrack to those rides. For these two, however, I go as high as one hour. Here's why. For Smuggler's Run, there is about a 15-minute wait time inside the Millennium Falcon, where they organize you into your groups, and then you watch as also a setup show. So, if you see a posted time of one hour, you are really only waiting about 45 minutes. I don't know if you could plan Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance in the same morning, so you're most likely planning on going back to Hollywood Studios for at least two days. There's another good reason to plan on at least two, two days in Hollywood Studios. It's because of their newer tiered reservation system for the Fast Pass Plus ride reservations. Basically, at all Disney parks, they separate the rides between Tier 1 and Tier 2. Think of Tier 1 as the super popular rides and Tier 2 as the not-so-super popular rides. Unfortunately, when they opened Galaxy's Edge, they basically made all the great attractions at Hollywood Studios Tier 1 and all the not-so-great rides Tier 2. And if you could tell by the inflection of my voice, that's not very exciting and therefore, that means if you don't want to wait in long lines or you're not going to plan on getting to the parks early, you're going to have to spend at least two days at Hollywood Studios to get your Tier 1 Fast Pass ride reservations, especially during the most crowded days in Disney. Now, you're going to book your Tier 1 ride reservations first, and then you're going to fill in with Tier 2. After you've completed the rides for the day, you're allowed to then try and make one additional Fast Pass ride reservation at a time. The odds are, unless you're going in a very slow time of year, which they don't really exist anymore, but unless you go in a really slow time, you're not going to be able to get another Tier 1 ride reservation close to where you are, so you're most likely then going to be filling out with some Tier 2s. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but keep that in mind when you're planning out your Fast Pass ride reservations. So, putting that all together, given that you know you're going to be waiting for at least one of Galaxy's Edge rides, throw in a lunch, and then at least one Tier 1 ride reservation, and then two other Tier 2s, then you're looking at autographs, snacks, bathroom breaks, pictures, shopping... That's probably one full day right there. And then you're, you might even, then you got to worry about dinner. And if you're like me, you might be going back to your hotel for a nap in the afternoon. That's why I really suggest that you should plan on at least two days at Hollywood Studios. So, to give you a little more detail on the Tier 1 Fast Passes, here they are in order of my preference. So, the Tier 1 Fast Pass attractions are... Toy Story Mania, Rock and Roll Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Slinky Dog Dash, and Alien Swirling Saucers. To give you a quick rundown, Toy Story is a really a family favorite of ours. It's a fun. It's fun for your whole family. It's a 3D shooting arcade starring you guessed it, the Toy Story crew. Plus, it's in Toy Story Land, and that's an awesome land. Next up, the Rock and Roller Coaster is a favorite one of ours also. It's a fast roller coaster that goes through a loop and a corkscrew, all while blasting Aerosmith in your head. It's a blast. It's fun. Don't skip it. Terror Terror is the next favorite, which simulates an elevator falling and then going back up and down. 
you have a decent chance of getting on Tower of Terror without a fast pass. Really some reason why it's a fast loading ride. And how they set it up is you're basically waiting until they put the group together from the fast pass and the regular line. And then you go into a pre-show and then they split you, then you split up on your own to go into your elevator. So if you can, you can wait for that ride if it's not longer than say 45 minutes or an hour. Slinky Dog is another awesome roller coaster ride. It's not a thrill light ride like Rock and Roll Roller Coaster. It's well designed, it's smooth, it's in Toy Story Land. The final tier, tier one ride is Ailing Swirly Saucers. Wow, that was a tongue twister. I don't recommend using one of these valuable Fast Pass reservations for it. It's basically an upgraded version of Mad Hatter's Tea Party. I don't think it's worth a Fast Pass, especially when you only get one per day. So it's me. I'm definitely either picking Toy Story, and depending on the age of your kids, the other rides I would pick would be Rock and Roll Roller Coaster or Slinky Dog, and then maybe look to wait for the Tower of Terror. That's all pretty exciting. Now let's talk about the Tier 2 rides. They're not as awesome. The good news is you get to pick two. Woohoo! And if you're going on two days, well, you need to pick two from these lists two times. First, let's knock out the little kid attractions because if you have little kids, these are more valuable to you. Those would be Frozen Sing Along, Disney Junior Dance Party, and Voyage of the Little Mermaid. I can't tell you about the first two because, well, my kids were never young enough when they were available. I have seen Little Mermaid and, well, it's a cute show, but most of the time I just fall asleep. Out of the remaining five rides, here's how I'd order them. Star Tours, no surprise. Indiana Jones, Beauty and the Beast, that's probably a surprise. The Muppets and Fantasmic. Now, I like the Fantasmic Fireworks and Lake Show, but you don't need a Fast Pass for it. If you really want a seat, get the Fantasmic Dinner Package at Brown Derby. Basically, you get the same awesome meal at Brown Derby, except you eat early. But they get to, but you get a reserved spot at Fantasmic. Star Tours is the awesome Star Wars virtual reality ride, and the good news about that is that the ride, the storyline rotates, so you get a new one if you have to go on it multiple times on a trip. Muppets is woohoo, 3D movie starring well the Muppets. You don't need a fast pass for this ride, but since you have to make two, it's worth one of them. Beauty and the Beast is a shortened version of the movie, but done Broadway style. We've always liked it. It's well done. Again, you don't need a fast pass for it, but you might as well use one. The last one, which is a perennial favorite of ours, is Indiana Jones' epic stunt spectacular, where they focus on the stunt aspects of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Again, you don't need a fast pass to see the show, but you do need one to get close enough to the show, the stage with a chance to participate by being picked as one of the participants. I've actually been picked four times. It's a lot of fun. Good luck if you get picked. So out of the two attractions, assuming you don't have little kids, I'd pick Star Tours and Indiana Jones. If you're going back for a second day, I'd pick Star Tours and either the Muppets or Beauty and the Beast, depending on which way you want to go. So to summarize your plan of visiting Galaxy's Edge, and remember kids... This is before Rise of the Resistance. 
I plan on visiting the attractions in the morning with a snack in the late morning. Then I'd visit one of your tier one rides and then take a break for lunch. After lunch, I'd look to do the tier two rides, plus photos, autographs, shopping, you get the deal. If you make your tier two reservations earlier in the afternoon, you might be able to try and get another fast pass ride reservation or just go back the rest of your day. Then repeat for day two at Hollywood Studios, visiting the other Galaxy's Edge rides and your other tier one attraction. Okay, this is breaking news. This podcast, I started recording it before Rise of the Resistance was open, and I've been tracking what's been happening since we're actually heading to Disney World, probably within a few days of me posting this podcast. And Rise of the Resistance has been super crowded. Uh, in order to get on the ride, you have to be there at least about 40 minutes to an hour before Hollywood Studios opens. And then once you get through... Uh, once you get into Hollywood Studios, you're allowed to make a virtual ride reservation on your uh, on the app. That That's in addition to the other ride reservations you've already made. And the one big caveat with Rise of Resistance is you're going to be randomly assigned when it's your turn to ride. That, of course, is going to throw a big monkey wrench into all your plans for Hollywood Studios. But I think you're going to be able to work around your day because you get like a two-hour window. And there are windows for your fast pass reservations, usually. Um, so you'll be able, you should be able to figure out how to squeeze in Rise of Resistance. That of course means you're at Hollywood Studios at the opening, and there are other, there are plenty other rides to ride. So I would try and focus on the Tier One rides um, at the opening, and then go back and do your other Tier One and Tier Two reservation. When you go to, ga to visit Galaxy's Edge, there are two entrances. Did you know that there are two entrances? The first entrance is through the old streets of New York area, which is past Star Tours and Muppets. This is the entrance you should take because you get the maximum Star Wars immersion. The second entrance is through Toy Story Land, and that's a fine entrance and exit once you've enjoyed the main entrance at least one time. So swinging back over to the main entrance, as you enter Galaxy's Edge, you'll immediately notice the difference between the cast members. You'll also see Rise of Resistance on your left. I can't give you a review yet because it wasn't open when we visited in September. It was open on December 5th, as you already know. Walking past that, you'll see, see merchants and shops with cool Star Wars items. And then you'll come to the first snack area, Ranta's Roasters. We tried one of their wraps, which is a two-meat sausage and pork wrap. It was just okay. They do have a breakfast wrap, but we didn't try it. Neither one of these is going to make you super excited, but it will hold you, hold you over until lunch. Around the corner for Ranta's is Docking Pay 7, which is their big quick service meal. Again, we didn't get to try it in September. My gut tells me that there are better options outside of Galaxy's Edge for food, but if you think you're going to spend all day getting your Star Wars on, I'd give this a shot. However, right before you is the Millennium Falcon, Smugglers Run. I went on this ride three times during my last visit, which shouldn't surprise anybody. The waiting time on all three of those visits, uh, all, all three of those rides, were between 45 and 60 minutes. The wait is actually quite good because, well, there was a life-size model of the Falcon in front of you. Did I say life-size? It's awesome. Once you get inside, it's air-conditioned, air conditioned, and occasionally you have places to sit. So it's actually a pretty decent wait. Also, outside in the line, there is a Coke vendor, so you get a drink if you need one. 
For the for these long waits, you can try out the Play Disney app. There are games to play while waiting, trivia quizzes, and then you can actually earn points that you can use as part of the main Galaxy's Edge experience. I tried a little bit um, in September, had fun. The girlfriend didn't want to play along, uh, but I'm looking forward to the December trip where my daughter will be there so we can, we can try out everything. Also, as part of the app, there's a scanning function as well as a way to tune into other voices in the land. Uh, again, I did a couple puzzles that had me interacting with items in Galaxy's Edge, kind of like a combination treasure hunt puzzle, and I had fun doing it. I highly recommend using it, but make sure you have spare battery spare batteries with you because you will drain your main iPhone's power quite quickly. Smuggler's Run is a virtual reality ride where you simulate flying a mission on the Millennium Falcon. You could fly in teams of six, and if you don't have six in your party, you will get matched up with other guests. I tried the pilot and the gunner. Both are good, but most people think the pilot is the best spot. I'm not going to ruin for you what you do, but if, if you're really following along, you're going to want to try the pilot out first. After you're done, you're awarded points based on how you did on your mission. It's awesome. It's kind of like Flights of Passage, but it's the Millennium Falcon, so therefore, it's better. Down around the corner from Smuggler, Smuggler's Run is a fun spot called Ogle's Cantina. You can make an advanced dining reservation, and I highly suggest it. You'll end up waiting even with an advanced uh, dining reservation, and there is also a time limit inside of Olga's. The idea for Olga's, Olga's is it's a bar with some snack food. The drinks are fun and Star Wars themed. Make sure you get either the, I don't know if it pronounces right, Bespin Fizz or Carbon Freeze because they have these cool bubble effects in the drinks. When we went, we were there around 11 a.m., so we had the ba Batu Bits, which are weird looking, but typically, it's your typical tasting crispy, crispy bar snacks. So don't expect to eat a ton of food, which is why I recommend coming here for snacks and drinks and eating elsewhere. Continuing forward, you'll come to a courtyard where they put on a show in front of Kylo Ren's TIE Fighter. And then there is the milk stand where they feature blue milk, which is rum-based, and green milk, which features tequila. Yay! Both are sweet drinks and kind of fun to have at least one time. Not sure you need to go back for the two unless you like really sweet alcoholic drinks. I don't, so I don't know if I'm going to hit it again. But it's fun to take pictures with it. Rounding out your visit are three shops in a row, Doc Onders, Den of Antiquities, Droid Depot, and Savvy's Workshop. Savvy's is where you can build your own customized lightsaber. Droid Depot is where you can build your own droid. And they have some other items to buy. And the Den of Antiquities has other Star Wars gift items. Plus, you can even upgrade your lightsaber. If, and I really mean this, if you want to make your own lightsaber, you should make a reservation for Savvy's. I didn't do it. I thought about trying it in September, but the uh, you know it's two hundred dollars plus upgrades for a lightsaber, which I think was a little bit too much for a fifty-plus-year-old man. Plus, who am I gonna lightsaber duel with? My daughter, probably not. My son, he's in college. I know I sound sad about that. I can't duel with anybody with my lightsaber. However, if you want one, go for it. And if you want to upgrade it with even more bling, head over to Docs. Finally, you can also make a reservation for the Droid Depot. If you or your children want to build your own droid. So, that's Galaxy's Edge. Well, at least a version before Rise of the Resistance. Do you think that's all the Star Wars you get at Hollywood Studios? No, you're wrong. There is even more. 
First, while walking into Hollywood Studios, you'll see the center stage, and that's where they do two shows at various times during the day. During the middle of the day, you can watch Star Wars, a galaxy far, 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 no, just far away, two fars, which includes snippets from the movies mixed with favorite characters and some small fireworks. It's free. It's fun. It's Star Wars. Don't miss it if you haven't seen it yet. At night, at the same location, you get a cool laser pyrotechnic show mixed with scenes for Star Wars movies. This show is called Star Wars, a galactic spectacular we are usually out of Hollywood Studios by the by the time it's at night because we usually make dinner reservations elsewhere. But if you're staying and you love Star Wars, you should line it up to watch it. Swing it back if you're standing and looking right at center stage. Towards your right, you walk under those large arches and straight in the back is Star Wars Launch Bay. We always hit Star Wars Launch Bay. Have hit it for years. Why? Well, there is another cool Star Wars shop, which won't be nearly as crowded as the shops in Galaxy's Edge. Plus, you could take pictures with some of your favorite Star Wars characters like Chewbacca and Kylo Ren. There is also a BB-8 uh, spot, but to be blunt, it's kind of super lame. There are also Star Wars props, which are cool, and a movie, which I've never seen, but I'm sure it's probably pretty good. Okay, are you still with me? Still with me? Believe it or not, there are two more spots. Walk past the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular Show, and you'll come to the Jedi Training Spot, which is for kids age 4, to, four through 12, so unfortunately none of my kids ever qualified. You need to sign up in advance if you want your kids to participate, and if they're in that age group, I think they definitely will want to. They get to practice their Jedi lightsaber skills against cool Star Wars characters. It's fun. We've, all, we've actually watched a couple of shows. The kids have a blast. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Sign your kids up for it. Finally, next door is the classic Star Wars ride, Star Tours. The adventure continues. You can't miss this ride since it has a giant at-at walker in front. I do recommend getting a fast pass for this ride. And given how Disney has tiered the rides, you are almost guaranteed to get one and need one to round out your fast passes. Remember, it's a tier two ride. It's a virtual reality ride where the story is randomly selected. So if you end up going on it multiple times in a trip, you should not get a repeat story. I love this ride, but it doesn't love me back. It's very sad. I'm almost guaranteed to get a little woozy after this ride. Not sure why this ride gets me, but it does every single time. If you're like me and you can experience some motion sickness on this ride or any other ride, try to eat something sugary before it. I don't know why that works, but I heard it works for astronauts, so why not for a Star Wars ride? You know that saying, when in Rome. And, wow, <clears throat> that's it. You made it. Congratulations. To summarize, we talked about planning your trip to De Galaxy's Edge, including some generic tips for visiting Hollywood Studios. We did a deep dive into Galaxy's Edge, and then the summary of the other Star Wars attractions at Hollywood Studios. I also interrupted this podcast with some Rise of the Resistance news, which should help you out. So, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please, please, please leave me a rating in Apple or the Google Store or wherever you're listening to this from. And if you feel like it, leave me a comment. Finally, a friend of mine actually reminded me that I put out great content for each episode, including pictures and links. So visit zippity-doo-dot-disney.com. Well... You could spell it out. You can see it in the link, but it's probably too hard to repeat. So the easiest way to do it is to go visit ericfrenchman.com and hit the link on the website. 
So that's a wrap for episode 11. I'm going to come back with episode 12, which will take a look at our December 26th trip. And I'll let you know how I planned it. Plus, there'll probably be a special Rise of the Resistance episode. And then also coming up is going to be how to plan your kids' vacation when visiting Disney World. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for going on this ride. And I'll come back with episode 12.